The road to the Super Bowl is long and pointless. I mean, when you think about it. <laughs> Football's so great. But now, the two conference champs must survive a harrowing bye week that no one enjoys. All the time, regardless of what game it is or anything else, you play like champions every minute out there. Go get them. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. It is Super Bowl 55. In this episode, in addition to just picking the game out, right, we've got some trivia, some prop bets with our buddy Nino, and of course, we're going to let Doc stop by to, uh, well, let us know what Spiffy the algorithm thinks about the game. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing, pal? Dude, I couldn't be more excited. I, I really can't. Super Duper Sunday, the game of games, the world championship of football, or as Tom Brady calls it, just a normal first Sunday in February. Yeah, he makes a habit of this. I, I saw a crazy stat this week. Uh, Tom Brady has made the Super Bowl in 10 out of 21 seasons. Okay, that's 47%. Uh, Steph Curry's career three-point percentage is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 42.5%, 43%. So statistically, it is more likely that Tom Brady will make the Super Bowl in a given year than Steph Curry making a three-point shot. Obviously, that's been the narrative of the week. That's going to be the narrative leading up to the game. Everyone and your uncle wants to talk about it. But I need to put this in perspective and i promise i won't talk about it again because we're all sick of hearing it but this yes indeed is tom brady's 10th trip to the super bowl but again let's try to put this milestone in perspective in a different way i'm going to give you a list of five things that might surprise you that there are not 10 of number five number of fast and furious movies nine i live my life a quarter mile at a time number four Number of living members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Nine. Rest in peace, old dirty bastard. You can call me dirty and then lift up your skirt. Number three. Number of seasons in the Seinfeld TV series at nine. Not so for you. Number two. Number of fingers that Bucks linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul has. How many fingers am I holding up, Marv? Eight and a half. And now, the number one thing that might surprise you that there are not ten of, former first-round draft pick, all-pro, defensive back, Antonio Cromartie, number of children. Yeah, Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's so he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th named London. Uh, another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. All right, Andy, it, 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 we're going to go fire it up in a moment, but let's get some trivia started. Oh, love it. All right. I gave you a crazy stat about Tom Brady earlier. Here's another crazy one. If you took away all the playoff touchdown passes that Brady has thrown to Moss, Gronk, Branch, Edelman, Welker, Hogan, and Amendola, 
he would still have the most playoff touchdown passes in NFL history. Removing the above-mentioned players puts Brady at 46. There are two quarterbacks who share second place on that list. Both have 45 playoff touchdown passes. Do you know who they are? Um, A, that's astonishing. Um, B, not that surprised when you consider his breadth of work. But I'm going to go back to the 1990s, and I'm going to say, or the 80s, I'm going to say Joe Montana and Troy Aikman. Mm. Joe Montana is correct. Aaron Rodgers is the next, is the other. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, Joe Cool, definitely. But it, that, that blew me away that you remove all that, Brady's still got 46. So, you know, you can't count them out in the big game, but if you watch the way you know, KC played against Buffalo, especially their defensive front and their secondary, this is going to be a very interesting game. So shall we fire it up? Matty, I think we should fire it up. Oh, yeah! All right, Super Bowl 55 at Raymond James Stadium. And, uh, well, it's Kansas City coming to town. And, of course, Tampa Bay, the home team. Kansas City, three-point favorites. And, of course, these two teams played each other back in late November in Week 12. KC took a close one at Raymond James, uh, 27-24. to But the Chiefs have been atrocious against the spread. They're 8-10. Uh, this season against the spread that's including the playoffs and they've allowed 24 points or fewer in four straight playoff games so they're playing good defense they're keeping games tight but that's not always good for people that are kc minus three well and let's look at the offense for tampa bay they entered the super bowl on a roll having scored at least 30 points in six straight games yeah, 24 or more in 10 straight. Yeah, and then and, and, and in those 10 consecutive games, Brady's thrown for multiple touchdowns. I can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. And right now they get um, they get Antonio Brown back, which they didn't have the luxury of in the NFC Championship game up in Lambeau. Um, and he'd caught five touchdowns in a four-game span before hurting his knee against the Saints. I People don't really associate Tampa Bay with being a highfalutin offense, but when you consider the weapons that they have, right? You've got Godwin, you've got Evans, you've got Gronkowski, you've got Cameron Braid, you've got um, who am I missing? Oh, Antonio Brown, aforementioned. Um, there's a lot of weapons that Brady can throw to that even in his last Super Bowl, he really didn't have that many uh, options. We all know about the Chiefs, right? Joe, all the Chiefs. Owns. Oh, the Chiefs are just, they're the next big thing. Or maybe they're the now big thing. Uh, Brady's just done it at such a high rate for so long. And you're right, he does have a lot of weapons. But I was really impressed with the Chiefs, how they addressed Buffalo's offensive mobility. And they really uh, put the clamps down both in the secondary and with a good pass rush. Nobody was really able to do much on Buffalo. No, they, uh, they, they, schemed, they schemed them up well. And, and if you look at what happened, Tom Brady, yeah, they won the NFC Championship game. The Bucks did. 
But Brady threw how many picks in that game? Well, it was three, and they were all in the second half. Right. And the, a lot of it's due to a, if you get to him, you have a good pass rush, and you got a good secondary, which is what KC demonstrated they can do. If you can get turnovers like that, because hey, Aaron Rodgers did not take advantage of those things. And I guarantee you that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will. And also, Andy Reid's balls aren't in his stomach. I don't know why Matt LaFleur kicks a fucking field goal, but whatever. Have you seen my balls? We're not talking about that stupid fucking team and their stupid coach and their whiny little quarterback. Everybody knows that the Packers uh, but you can't count Mahomes out, man. He's 24-1 and one in his last 25 starts, including the playoffs. That's the most wins in a 25-game span by any quarterback entering a Super Bowl. So you can't take any anything away. This this is, I can. I can take away from that. All right, take away from it, my friend. Start picking. Please. Please allow me to take away from that. Let's, let's peel the banana, the onion, whatever you want to peel. Um, it, would, it would seem to me that the position of offense of tackle is pretty important. Tell us something we don't know, motherfucker. And the Chiefs are playing without two of theirs. Uh, Pro Bowl left tackle Eric Fisher injured his Achilles against the Bills. And right tackle Mitchell Schwartz has been on the IR since week 11. Now, they've had to do a lot of juggling, and Andy Heck, the Chiefs O-line coach, said this week, to me it feels like something that's a constant in this league. You always have seasons where you got to, hey, next man up. you got to move a guy here to there, and so in that regard, it's not unusual. I think the way that you can get them ready is that you just approach it with the mentality that it doesn't matter if you're playing left guard or right tackle. There's only a certain amount of blocks you got to make. Well, here's what I'm going to say to Andy Heck. Um, you're going against seven guys named Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Indomitian Sue, William Goldson, Levante David, Vita Vea, and Devin White. Of these seven guys, four of them are pro bowlers. Of those pro bowlers, three of them are all pro. Good fucking luck trying to uh, uh, next man up against that front seven. I'm sorry. I This is where, to me, the game is going to be decided. And I, <laughs> I know Patrick Mahomes isn't the type of quarterback to get sacked often, but you can, you can get him scrambling, and you can get him on the run, and you can disrupt his rhythm. Well, Mahomes, he had the third fastest release time of all NFL quarterbacks for the season. But get this, I did some digging. When these two teams played in week 12, Brady took an average of only 2.28 seconds to get rid of the ball, his fastest release time by far of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, like if you look at the last game in Wisconsin, the Bucs put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They sacked him five times and hitting him on eight occasions, but they weren't even blitzing more than a third of the time. And right now, um, they said a fifth in the league in sacks per game, Kansas City 19th in the league. And in fact, you know, if you look at, and again, into the trenches, they're first in the league, Tampa Bay is, in rushing yards allowed per game at 80.5. The next closest team was the Colts at 90.5. 
Like, it's not even close. And the Chiefs on that list, by the way, are 21st at just over 122. I mean, when you can just compare the ability to run the ball, it's not even close between these two teams. And I realize that Patrick Mahomes is not going to rely on his running game. But, <laughs> my God, and I want to pose this question to you, because really, the Bucks defense, uh, which I'll talk about in a second, but they have... Uh, two jobs to do. Shut down Tyreek Hill and shut down Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to expect that they're going to double Tyreek Hill as he's coming out of the tunnel into the game. Okay? Let's just assume the whole game he's double covered. What would you do as a DC to cover Travis Kelsey? I would have a linebacker or an end that's assigned to punish that motherfucker every time he lifts his hand at the snap of the ball. Okay. Coming off that, I would disrupt him because if you're looking at it, Mahomes had a quick release time. So they want to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. That means that if a tight end is going to get anything, he's got to get off the line and within three seconds get to where he's going to get the pass. Even a good chuck at the line of scrimmage can put him out and have an underthrown or overthrown ball and the linebacker or a safety coming up can can pick that kind of thing off. I don't know if you remember week one, I was questioning the Bucks secondary because they were the youngest core in the entire league with not one starter over the age of 25. Uh, you got rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. who didn't play last game, who's back in. Jordan Whitehead, who's 23. You got second-year Sean Murphy Bunting. Mike Edwards, who's 24, and his second year is the oldest of that entire bunch. Hey, so what does Sean Murphy hitting look like? <laughs> uh, he plays in the Anaheim. It, it's just over. It's just over the. Uh, it, he doesn't. He doesn't hit for the fences. But he doesn't need to because he's got all these guys. But he's a team player because he's Sean Murphy bunting. He's manufacturing runs. That's horrible. No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. So penalties play a big part. Well, yeah, everyone's talking about the offense, the defense, the lines, this, that, Mahomes, Tom Brady. But yeah, just like a quick look into penalties. Tampa Bay. In, a, um, in penalties committed per game, they're sixth in the league at 5.1. KC is 28. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them business down there at the 15-yard penalty. And in terms of yardage, that puts Tampa Bay 13th in the league, and again, Kansas City back at 28th. Uh, it's a slight difference, but it's a disciplinary thing. And you remember how D Ford, you know, in that championship game against Tom Brady, remember same similar matchup, and he and Tom Brady uh, did a hard count, called him offside, and they ended up winning, going to the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying, uh, penalties might play a factor, and if they do, the nod is probably in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, where's the Eric Carbon we know? The Eric Carbon we know breaks the rules, and he gets away with it. Just like his hero. Come on, who's your hero, Carbon? <sighs> Tom Brady. Right, and what does Tom Brady do after breaking the rules? Deny and subvert. Yeah! Yeah, what? Well, what would Tom Brady say if he got caught shoplifting? Everybody's shoplifts, why are you coming down on me? Yeah! You're Tom Brady, Carbon. And that new principal in there is the football commissioner trying to dictate his punishment to you. And what happens when an invulnerable cheater comes up against an elitist corporate dictator? The perfect storm of hypocrisy that everyone in the country has to deal with for months on end. Yeah! You're right, guys. I'm gonna Tom Brady this thing. Yeah! 
I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you're not giving me four days of detention. You're only giving me one. Yeah. yeah. No, no, to hell with that. You're giving me no days detention, and I'm gonna go home and fuck my hot wife. He's not even that hot. Kind of looks like a dude. Yeah. We gotta get Nino on the phone here so we can talk about these prop bets. So, dude, what do you think here? We've got a three-point difference in this game as far as Vegas is concerned. We've got Kansas City, minus three. Going into Ramian James Stadium, they won by three last time, which means it would have just been a push. I'm thinking the Bucks at least cover here, but I honestly think Brady's going to go 70% in his career and win his seventh ring. I think it's. I think the value you'll get for, for a small money line play is worth it. So I guess I'm saying the Bucks are my final... Money line Maddie pick this year. Oh! That's a O. Not an O. It's an O. Because, again, there's only one game, but I agree with you. I agree with you. I've been trying to bet against Brady for the last decade, and it's not worked out well. It worked out with us for Philly. Every other time we've been fucked. It worked out with us for Philly, and that was in our inaugural season as podcasters. Yeah. But... I just think that he's got too many weapons right now, and he's got his defense uh, is is much better than the one he had against Philly. In fact, you could actually compare Philly's Philly's defense to what Tampa Bay has now, and I think they're very similar. And but you couple that with all the weapons that he's got on offense. And I think Patrick Mahomes and, and that team, especially with the decimated offensive line, has their work cut out for them. And I actually see this one, oh, I hate making score predictions, but I'm going to call this one 31 So he likes the over as well. I guess I do by de facto. Default! Woohoo! The two sweetest words in the English language. All right, everybody's favorite thing to do on Super Bowl Sunday is to bet on stupid props. And actually, there's some really good value props as well where you can make some money on if you know what you're doing. So we brought in our good friend Nino. Even though he's uh, all the way up in cell block three uh, for his bookmaking conviction, but Nino is here to talk prop bets. What is going on, Nino? Not much, sir. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. I know it must be hard to be away from your wife and kids and stuff, but uh, you know you got to keep yeah, the books. Yeah, talk about football and, and drink beer. That's you know it's real tough, tough level. You get to drink beer in the can now <laughs> when you brew it yourself. They make it in their toilet, man. Yeah, come on. Oh, right. They use, bu- they use bumhole yeast. Get with it. <laughs> have, I got a, have I got a story for you guys after, uh, after a couple props here? All right, before we get into the props, real quick, because we don't want to be too long, but Nino's a, a Lions fan, and you guys just committed. Dude, you just committed highway robbery on the L.A. Rams. Do you see yeah. it that way, do you see it that way, Nino? Uh, you know, based on everything that I saw rumored to be offered, I, I think it was the best best deal around, to be honest. And I can't blame Stafford for anything. I mean, he gave 12 great seasons in Detroit, made for some entertaining football along the way. And, uh, you know, much like Barry Sanders, he, you gotta you got to move on after a while. He gave it his all and, you know, all the best for him. But... 
you know, can't can't blame a guy for want, not wanting to be uh, around for you know more rebuilding seasons, and that, that's what it's going to be for the next while. They're going to have a lot of draft picks coming their way uh, officially in March when it's I find official. The, I find the price interesting the the two first rounders and a third also with Goff, but I think that second first rounder is just so that uh, the Lions will stomach the albatross that is Goff's contract. Because I think they're looking for a solution in the next couple drafts that does not have to do with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is Mitchell Trubisky with a bigger contract. Yeah, definitely. A lot of money that they're eating there for sure. And you're right. I'm not going to be surprised if they don't uh, jump on a quarterback. If not this draft, the next one for sure. It's too bad he didn't get a decent coach. I mean, you guys like have Adam Gase 2.0 now. Yeah, coach deadlift. I, actually, Adam Gase, if you combine him with uh, Dwayne Johnson. The trailblazing, eyebrow raising, jabroni beating, wow, pie eating, heart stopping, elbow dropping, people's champ, the rock. For sure. I mean, this guy, you, you saw the. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we saw the presser. With we the saw team the and the press conference, and yeah, I mean. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. <laughs> well, what can you say? It just, yeah. To do the binds. So, as a Lions, as a Lions fan, you for or against this? You you dig it? The the new coach, or are we talking Stafford? Well, the new, well, the the trade and the coach, the new situation. Like it actually seems like the Lions front office is trying for a change. Yeah, it, I mean, at this point, I'm willing to give anyone a shot. We've gone through what five coaches in the last since Stafford's come here, um, and at this point, getting the new GM in that. I mean, the last two and a half years were not working out. It, it shouldn't have even taken that long. Uh, shouldn't have happened in the Should, first place in my mind, but yeah, shouldn't have gotten rid of Caldwell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he had them in the right direction, and he had them, you know, winning records and keep with them, and then let him make some more decisions as far as the draft goes, and we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. But you know, the next two years will be very telling on how what they do with these draft picks. I mean, they've got a lot of them, and if you know they the old Detroit Lions and take you know five wide receivers, and you know game over but hopefully with the new front office and uh you know new people in charge willing to give them a shot so fresh from cell block three you heard it here first the detroit lions are in for a couple hard years but then a super bowl in 2024 <laughs> yes yeah sure. along with another trump presidency <laughs> exactly so, oh! oh this guy's a liar so prop bets account for about 50% of the wagers placed on the Super Bowl. And uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to throw this out here because we say it every year. If you want to bet on the Gatorade prop, look at the pregame warm-ups. Try to find out what color. You'll, you, you, you'll get a few glimpses of the sidelines. You might get a good glimpse of what color Gatorade, whatever sideline. If you're on the Bucks and you think the Bucks are going to win and you see they're drinking you know, orange Gatorade, get on orange kind of idea. But there's no real rhyme or reason for that. Um, my big thing uh, first is the anthem over under, and it's two minutes, one seconds this year. And the overs paid off the last five or six Super Bowls. And to put it historically, because this is one that a lot of people get down on, so I just want to give them some background on it. 
Whitney Houston's legendary performance clocked in at a minute 56. That was Super Bowl 25, wide right Scott Norwood. Um, the average length of the anthem has just been over a minute 56, with the longest rendition in that span coming at, at uh, Super Bowl 47, uh, 2013. Alicia Keys, she came in at two minutes 35 seconds uh the shortest was super bowl 32 in 98 that was jewel a minute 27 gotta love that i respect that brevity um in recent years though the anthem has trended even longer with six of the past eight renditions going over two minutes uh the other two lasting at least a minute 52 now here's the thing this anthem is a duet between eric church and jasmine sullivan and the last duet at the super bowl was Aaron Neville and Aretha Franklin. That lasted two minutes and eight seconds. It would have went over. So I am going to take the over on the anthem for those reasons, but I'm putting it out there. You can make your own. Uh, now, Andy, or sorry, let's start with Nino. Nino's our guest. Nino, what's what's your uh, prop bet you like to do with, your favorite one that you like to do on, on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, uh me and Andrew have got a long-running uh, tradition of, of coming up with some uh, crazy props. But uh, what I like to do for my props as far as the actual game goes is kind of get a sense for what the game is going to be like. Like, is it going? Is one team going to get ahead a lot and then there's going to be a lot of kneel-downs at the end and kind of take a look at some value around that. Um, one thing I, I started looking at was the uh, highest-scoring half. That's one I, I typically look at. And, you know, historically with, with Brady in the Super Bowl, they started slow. So, you know, they scored with nine Super Bowls. He scored three total points in the first quarter. And I was originally going down that and looking at the stats. And what I've discovered actually is with Tampa Bay, they've actually scored more points in the first half all season historically. And in the all four games, the divisional and the championship games, both Tampa and KC the games have scored more in the first half. So I actually flipped around this season and I'm going with the first half more points scored. And those were all competitive games too, right? It was like, it, like no team was really out of the picture in terms, in terms of who they played. So, Yeah, exactly. But uh, looking at it, the average for the divisional and championship games, it, it's an average of four points um, difference more being scored in the first quarter and looking or first half, I should say compared to the second half. And similarly, with the stats uh, of the season, there was uh, approximately three uh, points scored on average more than the second half. So I'm, I'm looking for, for that trend to continue. Nice. All right, Andy, what do you like? All right. I got one that will get everyone off to a kickstart, no pun intended. But let's look for the first kickoff to be a touchback. You lost that one last year. Because I, I rode on your coattails. Yeah, you fucked me over. Did I lose that one last year? Okay. I'll tell you what, I'll <laughs> tell you what, Matthew. I'll tell you what, Matthew. In terms of kickoffs uh, going for touchbacks this year, both Kansas City and Tampa Bay are in the top five. Tampa Bay at 80.3% and Kansas City just over 75 And the odds of that happening is a uh, minus 220. Not a pretty bet, okay? But regardless who starts with it, you're going to get a positive EV. These guys are going to be amped up, and I guarantee you their special teams coordinators 
are not going to want to start the game with any sort of mistake. So the no is set at plus 175, which seems pretty attractive to a casual better and one that may not have access to our podcast or our statistics. But they're getting definitely the short end of that stick. So boring prop bet. Get off yourself to a good start with a win. Minus 220 that the first kickoff will be a touchback. All right, uh, I got one more that I like. We'll give. We'll each give one more good prop that we like here. And mine actually is kind of an interesting one I saw in Sports Interaction. And it's, will the weekend wear gloves? And- oh, Christ, Manny, do you have any football ones? Hey, dude. The dude of binds. <laughs> I'm talking to some people that might want to get down on shit, and I do have some, if you really want to. Smart pass. But I'm doing this one, the weekend right now, because it's my turn. Fuck stick. <laughs> Will he wear gloves? Like, is Bernie Sanders going to hey, show up and wear mittens? Let me tell you a little bit. If Bernie, I'll tell you right now, that would be paying like minus 900 because he's fucking going. I don't care that it's Florida. He's a fucking octogenarian. Okay. Will the weekend wear gloves? Yes, is only paying minus 205. But that's as big of a lock as will Lenny Kravitz wear a scarf in Super Bowl Forty Nine, and I cleaned up on that. Yeah, you did. You told you told us all about it last year's Super Bowl podcast, Matthew. Sounds like somebody's living in the past. Contemporize, man. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, and this year you'll be fucking thanking me because the weekend's going to wear gloves and you're going to get minus two hundred five, which I think is better than what your last prop bet was saying, isn't it, Andy? Oh, come on. Yeah. I got a better one for you. I got a no, better one. I'm no. saying the best hey, for last. Hey, it's Nino's turn. It's Nino's turn. Hey, no button here. That's right. Don't make him shiv you off. from shell, cell block three. <laughs> right, right through the, right to the phone, man. <laughs> right into the air. Nino, what's your final prop bet? All right, I got a, I got a, a give me. We're going through here. My give me is sacks over three and a half. Uh, Sue and the boys are going to be ramped up. But historically, collectively this season, they're averaging five sacks to both teams a game. Um, and, you know, so the teams are going to be pumped up and they're three and a half. It's, it's anywhere between minus 160, minus 180, depending on the book you go with. But I, I think three and a half over sacks is a lock. My stone cold lock of the century. Andy, you said you're saving the best for last. Let's hear this. All right. There's a, okay, this is actual uh, a football prop, you know, like playing the field with <laughs> players and, and shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, there's a guy you may have heard of. His name's Rob Gronkowski. Never heard of him. Have you seen my balls? Never heard of I've never heard of him. That's why I don't bet on football. I bet on the weekend. I'm a motherfucking star boy. <laughs> <laughs> but the Super Bowl is being played on the weekend. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Rob Gronkowski, the over-under is set at 29.5 receiving yards. Now, this entire season, he's been averaging 13.8 yards per catch. If you do the math, that means he kind of needs a little bit more than two catches. However, last week, he gained 29 yards on one catch. But this is not the fascinating part of it. The Bucs game against the Chiefs in Week 12, he had... Six catches on seven targets for 106 yards, including a 48-yard scamper. 
he is as much the security blanket is, is to Linus as a crack pipe is to Lawrence Taylor. I smoke Gronk. Or a cheeseburger is to Andy Reid. A cheeseburger and went to bed. So take Gronk over 29 and a half, and there is a proper football proposition bet. Well, isn't that special? All right, Nino from uh, Cell Block 3, we appreciate you uh, coming on. We know that uh, it's tough to get phone use, but it's my collect call bill, so thanks, buddy. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm here, so I won't get fined. Please hang up and try again. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of my favorite times of the week. It's because we get to talk to our buddy, the doc, and find out what his algorithm spiffy thinks. And, uh, well, this is the Super Bowl edition of that. So I think what Spiffy thinks here is very important, especially since Doc has done some tinkering, and it seems that uh, when he blends a couple models, things start to go well for your bankroll. Doc, please explain how you've uh, kind of adjusted Spiffy and what that means for the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, that was a tall order, I know, but it's a tall order. But I'll do my best. If if I don't make it clear, just jump in and ask questions, and we'll get it eventually. Don't worry, we we will play the uh, high school uh, free throw buzzer. That <laughs> you, there you go. Okay the the original Spiffy uses uh, a rolling average of points scored and allowed. And gets a number for each team representing. Now, these averages, does Spiffy use um, zigzag whites to roll them, or is he more like a, a blunt guy? Oh, rolling in a different sense. Ah. <laughs> it's a whole different kind of rolling. You have smoked yourself retarded. <laughs> the rolling in the Rizzlas. 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 Every, every week or every game. Spiffy gets new information about both teams because they played each other and we get scores from the game. And then he uses those scores to update his opinion about the two teams. Okay. And that's what I mean by rolling. Is every, every new thing kind of gets folded in and takes priority because we're using a timeline-weighted system. So the most recent game counts the most and the second most recent game counts the second most and so on all the way back until the games that happened long ago hardly matter at all so you could call that the andy algorithm because it's all about the recency bias there you go andy likes why, why, why do you say that because you're always talking because you're always talking about the recency effect yeah but i i i i, I, I got that against it yeah, I know. This is your tool to bet against. Anyone? Anyone? I'm sorry, Doc. I'm interrupting. Please go That's ahead. That's okay. You go I'm ahead. So it's rude. your show. You can interrupt as often as you want. No problem. It's our show, Doc. Our oh. show. Well, thanks. But <laughs> keep interrupting if you feel like it. No problem. The, the traditional Spiffy model says I've got an offense and defensive number for each team. And throw them into a formula that lets me project what I think the score will be when they play each other. Um, so Spiffy takes the, the projected scores and he gets a projected margin by subtraction for this week. For instance, uh, Spiffy's projecting Tampa Bay 30 and Kansas City 28. 
Okay. So, oh, see, see, Maddie, what did I say? I said thirty. I said thirty-one, twenty, twenty-eight. Get a room, you two. We're in a room. Well, then lose some weight. <laughs> what Spiffy projects a score, and then subtracts, and then projects a margin, which in this case is two. Then he compares that with the line that's available on the books, which this week is. I guess you could get three or three and a half points with Tampa Bay, depending on where you go. And so Spiffy would take the two that he thinks T- Tampa Bay is going to win by, and then the three that you can get from the book, and that adds up to five, and Spiffy's threshold is four and a half. So anything five, four and a half or bigger, Spiffy says, I could play this. It's a, a hot pick, minimally hot, but... So Spiffy would take Tampa Bay and three or three and a half on the traditional method. So Spiffy and I agree. I think Andy's in on that as well. I think we all agree that Tampa Bay plus three for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I'm totally down with that. And Sp- okay. but as Spiffy's so, also down on the money line, right? Spiffy likes Tampa Bay on the money line. Yeah, is it good value? Well, he, he thinks they're going to win outright. So if he could get them at plus one forty-five or one fifty. That's you know, he likes that. You maybe yeah, put a, okay. a nickel on that. Maybe a nickel on the plus three as well, because nobody knows Kansas City could win, but maybe they won't win by very much, and so Tampa Bay plus three could be good. That's the traditional Spiffy model, and then the the new thing that I've added recently is like a second point of view, and. Uh, it uses the point spreads and margins of victory and tries to find the spread that he finds the most dangerous. Now, by this point of view, that is Kansas City minus three. So if he wouldn't want to play that from either side, but three and a half, not so bad. So Spiffy likes Tampa Bay plus three and a half from that point of view but not the three. And he likes Tampa Bay plus three or three and a half from the other point of view. And the idea of only playing with both points of view agree, well, they're, they're both happy with Tampa Bay plus three and a half. So if you can get the Buccaneers and three and a half, then Spiffy's with you on that. Spiffy's not but so keen again, on just to three. Go to, the, go to, to go to Spiffy's expected total, it's around 57, meaning... You yeah, know, there's not a lot of line value there because it's a no. half point either way, right? Spiffy, Spiffy wouldn't want to play totals on this one. No totals, no totals for Spiffy. And and you know, Spiffy's. Uh, I think now uh, my opinion is a little different from Spiffy's. I think Spiffy undervalues the Chiefs because they tend not to win by big margins, but they're still winning. I don't think Andy Reid has a lot of. He doesn't get his jollies running up the score against weaker teams the way some coaches. But you know what he does get his jollies doing though, Doc. Yeah, I know. And that's, and that's why he's the shape that he is. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that considered a shape? He's 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 kind of football shaped almost. <laughs> he's got a retired. It's been yeah. a long time since the uh, run, kick, and pass that he did when he was eleven. Meanwhile, the sorry to drag you back to the the, the question that we were talking about, but um, Spiffy uh, would play Tampa Bay. Uh, Spiffy undervalues the Chiefs a little bit, I think, and I think he overvalues Tampa Bay. 
And so I think I like the Chiefs more than Spiffy does. So is this like a Bride of Frankenstein and Dr. Frankenstein where you don't you doubt your creation? It's alive! Well, I, I saw how <laughs> it was made. <laughs> see, well, you uh, made it. So yes, you did right? see the ingredients. I, I saw how it was made. And so, um, you know, Spiffy, especially on the traditional model, the original Spiffy, he likes when teams win by big scores. But that doesn't necessarily mean much like we saw the bills win like i think three games in a row by 30 points or so and then get stuffed by the chiefs the chiefs i mean if, if you could watch the games rather than just know the scores you would see that the chiefs are a much better team so what i'm thinking is instead of spiffy is an ai package that can watch all the games on the zone and remember everything and then make um, logical inferences based on what he's seen but I think if, if I had that I, I certainly don't have the chops to write something like that but if I did I, I wouldn't call it spiffy I'd probably call it Tony Romo oh, oh. just the tip there Jim and, you know, and in that AI model would Jim Nance's um, tongue be up Tony Romo's ass the entire time here we go Jim Tony uh, no, we don't have that part, you know. I I I don't blame Jim for being impressed with Tony. I I am too. I think he he knows more about the game than most of the players and coaches. Yeah, so, and if yeah, he could only if he could only have um, figured out those defenses when he played. Like if your aunt's a ball, she'd be your uncle, but she doesn't, so she's not. You know. Sometimes we learn late, you know. Yes, but, yes, we do. But you know. Uh, so and and this you know uh, hypothetical point spread Spiffy's new trick this has come in late and in testing it looks like it has a little bit more predictive value than the original so you know I'm I'm learning things late too I I can't fault anybody for not having it all figured out at a young age no nope, definitely not <laughs> well, there's the thing you know get if you can get three and a half with Tampa Bay Spiffy says that would be okay. But he doesn't like the three, so I guess it depends where you go. I've been looking at Westgate and Bet 365 most of the time, and Westgate's got three, and 365 has yeah. three and a half. No, I've seen a toggle so, back and forth. I, I don't back know and forth. So you you're know, go, playing three with juice or three and a half. Well, you're playing three with juice, three and a half with juice, right? I want some taquitos. So um, you know, shop lines a little bit and find the best that you can, and. Spiffy with you on that. <laughs> all right, Doc. Well, I just want to say on behalf of all our listeners as well, thank you so much for hanging out this season and giving us a little insight into football from a different perspective. I always think that's important. So thank you very kindly for coming out and uh, giving us Spiffy's gold pick of the week. We hope to uh, continue this up next year when uh, the NFL starts up again. Well, thanks very much, guys. Uh, enjoyed being on with you, and uh, I wish you best of luck on your picks and a, a very pleasant off season. All right, cheers, Doc. Cheers, guys. Take care. That's gold, Jerry. Go. I love gold. Well, thank you for listening to the Super Bowl edition of Almost Wise Guys and really from Andy and I and everybody at the Costa Nostra Studios. We thank you 
for showing up all season long and uh, hearing us chatter about football and gambling, two of our greatest loves. So make sure you join us. Uh, we'll probably do a Masters podcast, maybe uh, uh, something to do around the draft, and then maybe a little uh, season preview of next year as well. So make sure to stick around. Friend us on Facebook. Make sure you hit the uh, the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a single podcast. So from the Coaster Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Atridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, thank you to uh, Doc for coming on today, and also all the way from Cell Block 3, we had our boy Nino the Bookie uh, to talk about prop bets. It was uh, an excellent year. I hope everybody has a safe and happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, get blitzed, eat a lot of wings, and win a lot of bets. We'll be back soon at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Let's get past Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it.